<clears throat> Good morning from uh, me. Um, what an honor to welcome the Lewingtons in on a Sunday morning. So my privilege is brilliant to have you. Special day for me and for this church. Also great that there's communion next Sunday at 4.30 here. So that would be brilliant if you could all come to that. And now my job here is just to try and lift up the Lord Jesus. Um, you might be watching at home, you might not be a Christian, you might be gathered in this building and you might not be, or you might be going through something tough and we need a vision of Jesus to get through. And this sermon's called, Feed Me Till I Want No More. Also, on your way out, please acknowledge the greatest children's craft of all time that they've put together. There is a little table with bread on it there, made out of pure gold type of things. It's really good. Thanks uh, for that. Um, you didn't want me to say anything, did you? Sorry, Diane. Um, the last few weeks, I, we've been thinking of the world's most important question. And it's the world's most important question because it affects um, how you think and then how you live and how you react to things like examination results or school or whether you get a job or whether you have a bad diagnosis in the doctors. And the question that we've been looking at is... What is God like? Who is He? And we've been answering it by looking at three bits of furniture, which the children are working on now, the last two. Because in Exodus, God tells them to build a tent, which is a picture of the heavens and the earth. But He says, before you make the tent, you've got to make something which is a picture of God. So get the arts and crafts out, He says to Moses, you're going to display to the church and to everybody watching what I'm like. And because I'm one God but Father, Son, and Spirit, you're going to build three pieces of furniture. And last week, we had a big seat that they made. And I've gone one extra this week. We have a picture of that seat. Can we see it up on the screen, uh, please? There it is. That is the throne that they began with. A reminder that God the Father sits on a throne in heaven and we're making an earthly copy of it just to warm everybody. I don't know if you've lost a Christian, a loved one. They are now in heaven around that throne. That's good news. They've never been happier than right now. I don't know if you're worried about COVID or you're ill or you've got depression or you've made mistakes in life, isn't it good to know that one sits on a throne watching over you who knows every hair on your head? This seat is a big comfort to everybody. He's got your Monday morning in his hands. In fact, there's a letter in there today from Welsh Water to the owner of Park End Presbyterian Church. <laughs> That's not for me, is it? Who opens this? There's one who sits on a throne above Park End Church, so I can't open that letter, and that's good news. There's one who sits above Park End. Sorry, Welsh Water, can't pay the bills. And if you're not a Christian, this actually might frighten you to think that there's one that sits above you and that you need to bow the knee to, and you need to do that today. That's called repentance and turning from yourself to the living God who's going to outlast you and he's worth turning to. So that's what that seat is. And now the children are before us making another bit of furniture. Uh, oh no, wait, stop. Nope, I have to say one more thing here. This seat 
was also then put behind a curtain. And I wanted to show you a picture of the curtain because this throne gets hidden. And this is an important point. Can we see picture two, uh, please? Um, there's the tabernacle. So you're looking into the tent when it's finally built. And the seat is that one there, over there. And they draw this big curtain behind it. So we're all here. Well, where God sits, it's blocked. Do you see that? Maybe it's helpful. The reason it's blocked um, is because of the human problem of sin. And it's, we can't just walk into where God sits anymore. Um, numbers are low in church. The main reason is because people don't see God. They don't see much to Him. And that's what sin does. It's really blinding. Um, some people want God to show up in their lives as much as a crook wants the police to show up in his life when he's robbing a bank. That's what most people think of God. If that's the real God, I don't want him. Draw a curtain, please. If he's really like that, I don't want him in my life. That is the blinding power of sin. So they put a curtain across. It's a really clever display. And it matters even today. Because people still don't want to know the living God. But thankfully... The children are making two other bits of furniture which represent who God is and what He's like. And as it happens, He still shows up despite sin and He shows it. Not as an unpleasant policeman. He shows it and He shows up to people like us who are sinners and in need of help in a different way. Not as a policeman. What furniture gets put on our side To teach us what God is like and who He is. Well, um, hold on, picture three. I'm just going to read one verse that was read. Next, Moses, make a table. You've made the throne. Now make a table. Two cubits long, cubit wide, and half a cubit high. Oh, and put, verse 30, the bread of presence on this table at all times times. And so, if the technical side works, here it is. Build that, which is also there, um, that they're making. In Leviticus, it says, make sure this table is out at all times, because this is important. The table of bread, a picture of God. The table of presence, it's also known as. And you knew this anyway, because I'll say the first two lines of a hymn that Malcolm's already said, and you're going to say the last line. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. I mean, the whole country knows that. Next week, thousands will sing it in the Six Nations. Hardly anybody knows what it means. But here, this is where it comes from. The picture of God the Son. There's a father who's on a big seat. Here's a picture of God the Son. You also know him as Jesus. I don't know if you've got a nickname. One of the nicknames for Jesus in the Bible is the Divine Bread or the bread of heaven, or the presence of God, the divine presence. It's all from this table. In Exodus chapter 33, God the Father says to Moses, you can't see me, but my presence is going to go with you. 
This angel, he calls him my presence. In Deuteronomy 4, the church says, we were led out of Egypt by the presence of God. Because there's one behind the curtain, but there's one very present with us in our lives. And another part, nickname of Jesus is the bread. So this is the table of the bread of the presence. Now, when they were in the wilderness and really hungry, God fed them with bread, also known as manna. They also, in their church, had a picture of bread in their worship services. Another reminder that God had been feeding them in their difficult times. When the New Testament happens, Jesus is with a group of hungry people. In fact, there's 5,000 of them at one time. And he feeds them with something, again, in the desert land. What does he feed them with? Bread and some fish as well. Then, he says things like this with his own lips. Verily, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. So we're starting to see what this is about. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Because he's also called the water. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son of God and believes in him shall have eternal life. And they will be raised up on that last day. And he also says this. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And we just prayed with Richard. Give us each day our daily bread. And that's far more than just a mere request for a loaf of bread. We're asking God to give us His presence. Jesus. We need Him. He's the very best human of all time. Of course we need Him. For Jesus to be with us in our worries and our sins and our temptations and our trials and our hospital appointments and the staff room and the conversations we have with our neighbors. Give us this day our daily bread. Here's an interesting thought. If another lockdown happens, we hope not, what two items will be the first to go out of Tesco? Water and dairy milk. No. Water and Cadbury's cream egg. No. Water and bread. Always the first off. Basic food for survival and toilet paper. Who said that? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, those three items. The bread, though, essential to survival as it was back then. That they obviously get it. We need this bread. Oh, it's a picture that we need God. So what's he like? Well, the answer is this. The father's on the throne. He has a son, and the son is like bread. As important, if not more, well, yes, more than even your loaf of bread back at home. Jesus is the food that everybody needs this week. That's it. 
He is the food that's been provided for everybody gathered here today and listening at home. He is available. He will sustain you all the days of your life. He's the answer to all of your questions. It's Jesus. He's what our desires are looking for when we ping them off elsewhere, down idolatry paths and worship other gods. We need Him. He's the sustainer. He truly satisfies. He's the basic food for life. So if you're hungry, come to Jesus and live. If you need life, come to Jesus and live. If you need strength to face another day, Lord, give me your daily presence this day just to hold me together. Please. I saw the worst church advert I've ever seen this week on the website. On a church website, it said this. This church is for young families, students, and professionals. End of advert. I thought, what about the hungry people? They missed out the lost. They missed out the outcasts. They missed out the drug addicts, the prostitutes, and the liars. This is who are hungry, as well as really rich people and professionals and families who may be masking their depression with wealth. Yes, they're hungry too, but everybody. Church is for everybody to come to Jesus and be fed, whether you're five years old or six, as of last week, or 98 years old. We come to Jesus. With this bread, we live forever. And it starts today. By the way, lots of Christians will starve to death today in some places of the world. But they are content and they're at peace. Why? They've got the food that lasts forever that this was just a picture of. Some Christians will face rejection today from family and friends, but they'll be okay. Why? They've got the food that lasts forever and they're satisfied way down here. More than popularity could ever satisfy them. Some people will get a bad doctor's diagnosis this week, but they can be content. Why? Because we're about eternal things that last forever, that go beyond even physical health. Jesus handles that. And some people listening need forgiving from a life of sin. And they keep finding this. They feed on Jesus and He satisfies and all their guilt is washed away. Quiz time. The ancient church was divided into how many tribes? Twelve. How many loaves of bread were on the table? Twelve. Because it's a picture that Jesus is enough for every church member listening. He protects us. He sustains us. He's died for us. He redeems us. He washes us. He gives us peace. And to end, if you don't see how wonderful he is, the last bit is an urge from me, maybe for the first time if you're listening and you're not a Christian, to pray. To pray that you'll see a new vision of Jesus. So you can see in the darkness, maybe for the first time. Anyone got any non-Christian friends and you'd love them to see something wonderful in Jesus and become a Christian and join the church? What do you do? Well, you talk to them, but more than that, you pray. So a light comes on. And in the Bible, God the Holy Spirit is called a light. Because He switches the light on. 
Here's the last verse. Oh Moses, make a lampstand of pure gold. Hammer out its base and shaft and make its flower-like cups, buds and blossoms of one piece with them. And here is the last item of furniture to represent the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. There was the lamp that the children are making. And guess what it was shining light on? The bread! Have you ever got dry skin? We put oil on us to make us look youthful again, don't we? Cream. We do that. It makes us more alive looking. Almost like we're blossoming with flowers and buds. That's what oil does. It gives life. That's why this looks like a blossoming plant. That's why it was filled with oil. I'll spare you the many verses in the Bible that says the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Here's one of my favorite ones. It's in Zechariah. Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up as a man is woken from his sleep. And he asked me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it with seven channels to the lights. Yes, says the Lord. Here is the lesson. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In Revelation chapter 4, the seven lamps are up there now in heaven. And they're called the sevenfold Spirit of God. Because seven is the number for rest and blessedness. The sevenfold Spirit. And when Jesus was on earth in chapter 15 of John, he said, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is the lamp that loves to lift up Jesus to people. And switch on the lights so all attention goes on the bread. What a wonderful arts and crafts session they had in Exodus chapter 25. The Spirit longs to see Jesus lifted up high and shine on Him. Help, Owen! I need help this week. Pray. Pray that the Spirit would show you something even more wonderful of the bread of life. Oh, and I'm in darkness. I hate somebody and I need to forgive them of their sins against me and I don't feel I can. Pray that the lamp comes on. Oh, and I need the fruitful life of Jesus pouring through me. I'm going backwards. Pray. Oh, and I've got loved ones who are lost and they haven't come to church for two years and I'm not sure they ever will. Talk to them. But pray. Because this is a spiritual thing about lights coming back on where they've gone dim. We pray, feed us till we want no more. And the very last quote is from Mark Twain who said this, The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you discover why. You've all been born and maybe this day we discover why. And the light comes on that giving our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ is the very best life we could ever live. Feed us till we 
want no more. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.